Good morning. Welcome to Life on Ed. I'm your host, John Aberly. Today, my guest is Clarence Bass. He is a attorney, a fitness expert, a fitness writer. He has written 10 books, the first being called Ripped, came out in 1980, and the most recent, Take Charge, Fitness at the Edge of Science. Now, the beauty of what I'm telling you is this gentleman, Clarence Bass, is 75 years old, is in incredible shape. His body fat percentage at this point, I have to believe, is below 5. He has the record for the lowest percentage of body fat ever recorded at 2.4%, excuse me, 2.4% in 1977. And I have been following his columns and his advice, as well as my brother has, for the last 20, 25 years. Clarence, thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you, John. I'm very glad to be here. Oh, believe me, I appreciate it. And as I talked to you last night, I've been looking forward to this. But I'm going to jump right into it. What got you started working out? Everyone I've ever met who is a serious trainer, seriously trains, has a story, something that got them going and something that's kept them going all these years. My dad was a medical doctor, but he was also an athlete in uh, in high school. In fact, he, he took second place in the state high school track meet all by himself as a team. He was a pole vaulter, a high jumper, a broad jumper, and threw the discus. And so I always wanted to be like my dad. When I was about in the fifth grade, he brought home a barbell for himself. And I don't know exactly what triggered it, but pretty soon I was using the barbell more than he was. And as at an age like that, when you first start, or almost any age when you start, your results are just immediate. And as I saw those results taking place from the barbell, it, it, it energized me uh, and made me go on. And it gave me confidence to think that I could do other things. My first goal was to try to be as strong as my buddies. It didn't take me too long to catch up with them. I was a little bit behind because I was a little short. That's probably also as part of my motivation. But by the time I got to high school, when I was a, a sophomore, I went to a, an assembly at the high school where they were celebrating a, a senior who happened to live just right across the street from me. His name was Gordon Modrill, and he had won the state high school pentathlon championship, which is something held in conjunction with the state track meet every year. And it's a fitness contest. It's push-ups, uh, chin-ups, bar vault, jump reach, 300-yard shuttle run, and they give you points. It's kind of like a decathlon. Okay. And seeing him win that and seeing all the applause and everything, and with my background in lifting, gave me the idea that, that, you know, I think I might be able to do that. So the next year, when I was a, a junior, I went out for it, and I won the state championship. And I think it was the, the confidence that the lifting gave me and the progress that I'd seen before it made me realize, and I, this is very important for a young boy to realize, that if you focus on a goal, you work towards it methodically and intelligently, that you're almost always going to exceed that goal or achieve that goal. And that carried me through into law school and everything else that I've done. It, it's amazing how important 
working out, training, keeping oneself in shape becomes over the years. It's 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 almost like the compass that guides you. It, it, as you said earlier, you know, it gave you confidence. That's how I felt when I started training around 14, 15, and my brother followed a couple years behind me at the same age. And my producer, Bryn, uh, within the last year or so, she has totally reshaped her body. She's a young woman in her early 20s, and I can see the confidence in her coming out just by getting in touch with her body. It really is a lifestyle, isn't it, Clarence? I mean, that's what it becomes, isn't it? I think it certainly is, and I, more and more women are probably lifting weights now than, than guys, and I think that for many of them, it's the first time that, that they experience something where they really can change their body, they can see the change. It's not just some kind of imaginary or thing you have to assume is there, it's right there facing you. And I think that's very energizing and empowering for somebody like Bryn, and as it has been for you and I and Paul. Yeah, you know, with my brother, you know, it's funny, we were talking about that. You and I talked last night, and I talked to my brother uh, after you, and we were saying genetically we're very different. I'm 6'4", I'm 250 pounds. My brother's 5'9", like 180 pounds. So genetically we're very different, but for some reason we both took to weight training, uh, it just became part of our lives. It really has been the thing that we've been able to lean on throughout the course of our lives, and it's given us a perspective, much like yourself. I mean, you're 75 years old, uh, tremendous shape. Uh, uh, your wife, you guys been together a very long time. You have a son. You have a career. You've built a whole life around fitness and it, what I wanted to ask you, getting back in the beginning of it, it really wasn't that out there in the 60s or 70s or 50s as far as bodybuilding goes. I mean, Steve Reeves, Reg Park, Bill Pearl, Dave Draper, those were the guys you were coming up with. And then for myself in the 80s, the explosion of fitness, you know, we had Arnold, we had Bob Paris, Lee Haney, Tom Platts. Uh, Arnold, you know, we had uh, Sylvester Stallone. So, you know, the media kind of started shaping fitness. But what what was your drive all those years really in between before, you know, society really kind of gravitated towards it, I would say, in the 80s? What was your drive throughout that period? Well, the world has really changed. When I was training for this pentathlon in high school, the coach specifically told me not to lift weights, that athletes didn't lift weights. But I've been reading Strength and Health magazine, and, and I knew that that wasn't true. And I think that's what allowed me to win. That's what was my secret weapon that nobody else in a competition had. It allowed me to jump higher, just do everything better than anybody else in the state. And so I just continued on into Olympic weightlifting, where I became sitting state regional champion, competed nationally a number of times. And I continued to do that until I was about 35 when I got to the point where I could see that I couldn't see that I was able to, going to be able to make more progress in Olympic lifting. So I was looking for something else. And I, because of my involvement with the weightlifting on the national scene, I had a chance to judge the past 40 Mr. America contest. And I saw 
people there that I thought I could compete with. One in particular got my got my uh, got my eye because I had seen him compete in the, the Mister America contest. I guess 20 years ago, and here he was looking just about as good, or maybe as good, maybe even better, as he did 20 years ago. So I thought, man, I, this is something I'm going to try. So I did. Um, I'm making this an awful long story. No, but- that's okay, because you're getting to the... Because I'm going to work with you on that. Because I, I need I'm, to I'm, know I'm, what... I'm, is- I'm getting to a good point now, Go ahead, by all means. Please, go ahead, Clarence. That's why I got you today. I've been waiting for this. Go ahead. <laughs> Because I became known in our community as somebody that lifted weights, um, the Loveless Medical Center, a very famous medical center, which is still here in Albuquerque, was doing some of the original re- the research for the original astronauts and trying to decide or find what was the best form of exercise to help them tolerate weightlessness in space. And somebody told them that I was somebody who did mainly weight training. So they called me up there, and they did a lot of testing on me, and this just out of the out of the blue. But of course, my whole life up to that point had prepared me for this testing. And one of the things they did a lot of things that I didn't understand. But one of the things they did, they put you on a on a bicycle and run you to exhaustion to see what your aerobic capacity is. And I think that surprised them a lot that my aerobic capacity was quite high. They'd had Billy Mills in there not too long ago. Yeah, the runner, right? 10,000 meters yeah. at the Olympics mm-hmm. who won. And I stayed on the bicycle as long as he did. Of course, his was better because I had more muscle to drive it. But still, my score was very good. And while I was up there, I noticed that they had a tank for weighing underwater. Underwater weighing is, as many people know, is the gold standard for measuring body fat level. And I said, you know, I'm thinking about entering the Pass 40 Mr. America contest, and it would really be helpful if I could know what my body fat level is, so I could trace my project, my my uh, my, uh, my 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 my, pro- my pro- pro- progress. Yep. And and there was a doctor up there who took interest in me. His name was Dr. Luft, and he said, sure, we'll make you an appointment. And about two weeks later, I was up there getting my body fat tested. And lo and behold, I was 2.4% body fat. It's amazing. Everything that I'd been doing was certainly working. And and I didn't really understand what the hell does 2.4% body fat mean. But then he got to explaining to me that marathon runners are typically about 6%. uh, Very athletic body composition is 10. And the, the normal guy on the street my age... Uh, be about 25%. So this was something pretty unusual, and, and I knew that that was something I better look into. So as I continued to train for the Passport Mr. America contest, they continued to monitor my body fat, never charged me a penny. I don't know how many times that I was up there, but those body composition testing became the the backbone of my book, Ripped, which you m- mentioned in the introduction. And I think that gave it a credibility that, that it wouldn't have had otherwise. The other thing that helped me was to have a chance to write a column in Muscle and Fitness Magazine, which gave me a worldwide exposure, which is where you and Paul yep. first came in contact with me. But that was kind of a kind of a serendipitous thing. They're being called to the Loveless Medical Center 
and have that have that happen. I, as I say, I'd been prepared. I was prepared, preparing all my life, but I didn't know what the heck I was preparing for. So that gave me a whole a whole new outlook. Look, and it really started this career in fitness that I've had. Well, Clarence, you know, you were right there. Like I said, in 77, you come out with Ripped. It sets the tone. Now, Bryn's giving me the high signs. We're going to roll into a break, Clarence, and we're going to come back, and we're going to pick up going into the late 70s, right into the boom of the 1980s fitness craze, which you're at. You're listening to Life on Ed. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Clarence Bass. He is a fitness expert, fitness writer. We'll be back in a few moments. Rio 36 monthly, Sol and Atma 39 months, plus 5000 down. Tax tags and doc fees extra. Must qualify for all incentives financing through KMA. Find the love of your life only at Jim Palace Key of Westchester and Key of Coatesville. Anthony, you've driven them all, but who'll be the one tonight to get the road and be driven home? The 2013 Kia Optima is wonderful. $149 a month? Not your average midsize sedan, but the Sorento, a little crossover action. Feeding for seven. Zero percent? I just don't know, but I do need to unload that old car my driveway. Anthony, you know me. I'll take any old trade-in. And this week, I'm getting you a minimum of $5,000 for your old car. Anthony, what about the 2013 Rio or Soul? I know. They're both so sporty and fun. And only one eleven a month. Or two. For two twenty-two. Anthony can't decide, but you can choose your new Kia at Jim Palace Kia of Westchester and Kia of Coatesville. Or online at kiaofwestchester.com or kiaofcoatesville.com. And always remember, Jim Sapala wants to see you in a Kia. No more hurt. No more fear. No more silence and shame. 13 million people are physically abused, raped, or stalked by their partners each year. No more jokes. No more laughing. No more disrespect. There's nothing funny about domestic violence and sexual assault. No more feeling powerless to stop it. No more being uncomfortable and afraid to speak up. No more waiting for someone else to do it first. It's time to say no more. Tell everyone you know. Together, we can end domestic violence and sexual assault. A message from the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape. Learn more at PCAR.org. Are you in need of independent financial advice due to a change in job status or preparing for retirement? Come see us at Penn Liberty Wealth Advisors. This is Jim Quinlan, Executive Vice President of Penn Liberty Wealth Advisors. Our financial professionals are trained to provide the members of our communities with assistance as they experience various life events. As we travel through life, events occur such as changing jobs, corporate downsizing, preparing for retirement, change in marital status, or selling a business. Let a Penn Liberty Wealth Advisor help you make the right financial decision for your unique situation. Contact Penn Liberty Wealth Advisors at 866-736-6542 or by email at plbwa at plbwa.com. Securities and advisory services offered through SII Investments, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, and a registered investment advisor. SII is not affiliated with Penn Liberty Wealth Advisors. Hey, this is Olympic softball gold medalist Jenny Finch, and you are listening to WCHE 1520 AM. Welcome back to Life on Ed. I'm your host, John Aberly. Today, my 
guest is Clarence Bass, fitness expert, fitness writer, also an attorney by trade, lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico, has recently released his 10th book, Take Charge, Fitness at the Edge of Science. And this one I find fascinating because anyone who's been listening to the show long enough knows that I am very well intrigued by how the mind and body works together, that connection. And having Mr. Bass on today to discuss this is just going to hopefully open up new avenues of thought and discussion amongst my audience. Clarence, um, you know, you, you, you like you said, you kind of prepared for something all of your life at that point in the mid-70s, didn't know it, how it would happen, when it would happen, if it would happen, but it happened. And now you're writing for Muscle and Fitness, and you're right there at that cutting edge. I mean, the 80s hit. Baby boomers are rushing to get in shape. Uh, aerobics, Jane Fonda, Sylvester Stallone, action movies. It all starts to come together, and your your column's taking off. Uh, your business is taking off. You're writing more books. But at the same time, though, you're keeping yourself just as healthy. You're living the lifestyle. Now, were the 80s and that boom period of health and and you know how it's moved forward since then did you see that coming at all in the 70s or as you trained throughout the 50s 60s and 70s or or did it take you by surprise well i think i was mainly focusing on myself i of course being a lawyer helped me think about this in a logical fashion also helped me to write the book Um, But I knew when I had this 2.4% body fat, and by the way, I think people should understand that a body fat is just an estimate. The only way they could really tell exactly what your body fat down would be to kill you and boil you up and let the fat come to the top. So it's based on certain assumptions, and and all of these are a guess. This underwater is, is 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 the most accurate. But nobody knows exactly what your body fat is. Uh, generally, general thinking is that three percent is the is the minimum healthy level, and it just depends on the on the on the density of your bones and a lot of things. And I tell people to think about body composition as a measure, and don't be too taken up on just what the figure is, but taken up on the change in that figure. As they as they start training, as they start being more careful about their diet and all of that, and that's what I was doing. I, I wanted to learn more about this 2.4 percent, and learn more about just how I I achieved that. And of course, I wanted to put that in, into the ripped book. The ripped book is what gave me the opportunity to write for Joe Weider and Muscle and Fitness Magazine, which was and probably probably still is the most widely read bodybuilding magazine in the world. Just a wonderful platform. But I had become acquainted with Bill Reynolds, who is was the editor-in-chief of Muscle and Fitness in the course of my competing in Masters Bodybuilding contests. And I, he had been, been to Albuquerque. In fact, he took the photos that appear in Ripped. Mm. So I sent him the manuscript for ripped. Bill had already written about 10 very successful bodybuilding books himself, so I thought he'd be a good one to judge. A couple of days later, he calls me back, and he said, I stayed up all night reading this book. I said, it's the best thing I've ever read. And 
in the in this area. I said, I want you to come out here and talk to Joe Weider. And about two weeks later, Carol and I were on the plane going out to talk to Joe Weider. Um, and that during the course of a lunch, uh, it was agreed that I would write this column. Of course, it was a wonderful opportunity for me and really not much, much of a risk for him because if the column didn't pan out, he could simply stop the column. But so in order to have material for that column, I had to keep learning. I also had to keep training because I sent a photo with every column that was in there and I was there for 16 years. Um, I think it's the longest continually running column in the history of the magazine. But that was kind of my motivation. I To move forward on this path, I had to keep learning. I had to keep proving. I had to keep photographing myself. I had to have... Well, you were kind of your own test subject. ...to measure what I was doing. So I was my own rat, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, you were Even kind of your own test subject. Scientists will tell you one rat doesn't mean anything, but <laughs> it meant a lot to me. Now, you know... And again, going back to that time period, and that's when my brother and I started really training uh, early to mid-80s. Now, we didn't know any better. And a lot of the people of our generation didn't know any better. We read the Muscle and Fitness magazines and Flex magazine and Strength and Health and all of them. And we believed everything we read in the sense that train like the pros do. Six days a week, split routines heavy one part in the afternoon, lighter at night, whatever it may be. And a lot of us overtrained. Uh, a lot of us overtrained and acquired injuries. Um, the sport itself and, and weight training was, was changing, going through an evolutionary process. You being at the head of it with ripped and basically being your own guinea pig. What do you think the big difference is today? as far as compared to the 80s in training? What have we learned 25 years, 30 years later? <laughs> if you had this, I mean, I mean, the most basic would be back in high school, for me in the early to mid-80s, you didn't drink water during football practice. You were weak. Now, now you can't get enough water down your throat. I think the one thing is that more and more people became involved in fitness. It went beyond bodybuilder bodybuilding and people learned that they could not only look better they would feel better they'd be healthier and that was the area that I focused on because of course I was already 40 years old by the time I started that column so I was it was, it was the lawyers and the doctors and the businessmen and they were the people that really interested in me more than just the regular bodybuilders so I I was really talking to a, a broader audience. So I was not following the same path as the as was laid out in the bodybuilding magazines. These guys were training for specific competitions, and you really didn't know what happened to them 20 years later. Exactly. But I had a chance for people to see what was happening to me. So that's now been happening since 1980, so over. Um, over 30 years, so that it's I've been able to demonstrate, and I have to keep doing it for myself, and I, I enjoy it. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to do anything else. And also, there was more and more research coming out, and that's what I that's what I wrote about. It's what I continue to write about on our on our website. Well, oh, Clarence, by the way, I'm sorry. Real quick, please give us 
uh, the website address, please, so people can go and look up the columns that you have, all the different uh, uh, articles that you have written, and they can get copies of your book. Um, it's very simple. It just the people can't spell Clarence. They want to spell it Clarence. So it just C Bass C B A S S dot com. Couldn't be easier. Uh, we've had the they had the website since 1996. Uh, there's now over 350 columns or articles on the website in 10 different categories. Categories are diet, nutrition, strength training, aerobic exercise, health and fitness, on and on. There's so many that that makes it easier to find. So in order to write those articles, of course, I have to continually be reading and keeping up on the on the research. I have just a wonderful pipeline of doctors and and uh, professors and other people that send me these things. That I so I start out each month with a with a column with a pile of things to write about and trying to pick what what's best, what would be of most interest. That's what's generated the books, and that certainly has generated this late latest book, which is the most science-based of them all. And that's what I like about this, Clarence, because, again, I, I have a fascination with how the mind and body work together. And in the book, In Take Charge, Fitness at the Edge of Science, you discuss how exercise works to help the mind. In particular, you, you point out schizophrenia, but we're just going to use just mental health in general. And you talk a lot about blood flow, exercising, increasing blood flow in the body, which obviously brings oxygen and nutrients to the brain, different parts of the body. But one of the most important things is keeping inflammation down inside the body, because that's what appears to be part of disease and having problems. And you, you've through the years, you've adapted, you've learned, and you've written about training less, but with more intensity. Uh, you've looked at vitamins, in particular omega-3 fish oils, as being a very important part of a healthy lifestyle. And this has all been kind of an evolutionary process for you, correct? Absolutely. It's been a revolutionary process for, for everybody. Uh, some decades ago, fitness was thought of as aerobic fitness, aerobic exercise, your ability, your body's ability to process oxygen, and that was it. And strength training was thought of as kind of a cosmetic thing that um, you know, well, it wasn't worth too much. In fact, Dr. Ken Cooper, uh, who wrote the, the book Aerobics in 1968, and he coined the term aerobics but he wrote in there that, that bodybuilding was like uh, like putting a, a, a fancy paint job on a car that needed an engine overall. <laughs> um, but that has changed, and as time has gone on, strength training has constantly moved up, up, and up until it's finally on, on, par, on par, uh, with, with aerobic exercise and the best results fitness-wise and health-wise come from combining the strength training and the aerobic exercise. And, and as a matter of fact, as you get older, the strength training moves moves ahead of aerobic exercise. Even Dr. Cooper, who has changed his, his uh, attitude towards aerobic exercise tremendously, and he runs the Cooper Clinic. He's a good friend of mine. So I'm not, I'm not trying to badmouth him. I'm just saying back in 1968 he was wrong. And, and 
and we, and we learn the the reason why it becomes more the strength training becomes more important as you get older is at about 50 you have two different kinds of everybody does muscle fibers slow fibers and fast fibers the slow fibers are the endurance fibers the fast fibers are the strength strength but they're very strong but they're not quite as enduring and that's a sequence there's something called the size principle muscle fibers contract in a certain order from the smallest fibers up to the up to the biggest fibers and the biggest fibers only contract when you do intense exercise, work them hard. The body only uses the muscle fibers that are absolutely necessary. And as people get get older, they tend not to use those fibers, the, the fast fibers. And the slow fibers pretty much stay where they are, but the fast fibers just, just take a tank. They just go directly down. But strength training combats that loss of the strength fibers, and, and you can maintain them if you see a a chart of somebody who has not who who has not trained you'll see just a continual trajectory down but somebody who is trained using both aerobic exercise and strength training can be going up for a very long time and then the guy that's training throughout his life at 90 is going to have the, the fitness level of maybe somebody in 40 or 60 just makes a tremendous difference and as people lose their their strength fibers of course they lose their mobility they uh, they can't get around it's, it's all of what getting old is about so it's combating that in a very a way that people can see and easy to document that is the way and that's what we're going to hit clearance on this on the flip back to this after the commercial break Got a lot of questions about middle age and going into the golden years you're listening to life on edit i'm your host john Avery. today my guest is fitness expert clarence bass we are talking bodybuilding fitness and getting into your middle and golden years we'll be right back Looking for an affordable getaway that's close by and filled with fun? Discover Gettysburg this spring. You'll enjoy relaxing accommodations, a variety of dining and shopping options, winery tours, music and arts festivals, beautiful countryside, and so much more. Join us for the year-long commemoration of the 150th anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg. Take advantage of special 150th experience packages. Gettysburg. Go beyond the battlefield and plan your visit today at Gettysburg.travel. When some of the biggest stars in entertainment stop by on WCHE, they talk to Bryn McHenry on The Bryn Project, like Jennifer Grey, the star of Dirty Dancing. Patrick was a fantastic ballet dancer, so his whole thing was, I've never dropped anybody, and I just didn't find that that comforting, even though it should have been. Actress and singer, Emmy Rossum. I like anything that's challenging, and I like when you play a character that has bad intentions. It's fun to get to the root of that. Co-star of 30 Rock and self-proclaimed champion of the world, Judah Friedlander. I'm actually not a superhero, banned from being a superhero, because I'm in spandex. Uh, it's just too too much of a turn-on for people. Dancing with the Stars champion, Melissa Rycroft. Tony and I, this time around, came in with a completely different attitude, which was joy this opportunity. The host of So You Think You Can Dance, Kat Dealey. I think it's about holding your nerve and trying a few different avenues. Plus, the latest in health tips. But I always tell people again, it's moderation. Beauty tips from stars like U.S. women's soccer team goalkeeper, Hope Solo. My routine now 
is quite simple. I cleanse, I definitely use a toner, and then I moisturize. And the latest gossip from Hollywood. Hi, I'm Brim McHenry. Listen to my show, The Brin Project, Wednesdays at 12.15 p.m. and Saturdays at 12 p.m. right here on WCHE 1520 AM, The Talk of Chester County. Need a reason to buy a Toro Zero Turn More? How about two? Time and money. The Toro Time Cutter with Smart Speed turns on a dime and trims close around landscaping for faster mowing. Power through the toughest grass with the durability and affordability of Titan and Z-Master mowers. Now with $500 savings through May 31st and special financing subject to credit approval. See your participating Toro dealer for details. In Harleysville, visit Meeting House Garage. Hi, this is Peter Tork, sometimes of the monkeys, and you're listening to WCHEAM. Good morning. Welcome back to Life on Edit. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Clarence Bass. He is a fitness expert, fitness writer, attorney. He has released his most recent book, Take Charge Fitness. At the Edge of Science, you can find it on Clarence's website. Clarence, give us the website again, please, so people can go and find your latest book and your previous ones. C Bass, just the letter C, Bass, B-A-S-S, dot com. Excellent website. Uh, Any questions you may have concerning health, nutrition, whatever exercise is there. There's, I think Clarence said, about... Uh, I don't know, 1,200 or some different uh, articles up that he has written or he has... 350. 300, sorry, 350 <laughs> that he has accumulated. Seems like a lot more than that, actually. It's tremendous. 350 is an awful lot. <laughs> it, it seems like a lot more. Uh, Clarence, going into middle age now, now I'm going to kind of take it from my perspective. I mean, you're, you're 75 and you look incredible. I mean, if people can go and see the cover of your book or Google you online, they'll see it. And your wife is also equally as attractive, probably more so. I've seen pictures of her, too. So we'll give, we'll, give, uh, we'll give Mrs. Bass a bigger compliment there. But what I'm saying is for men like myself, my brother Paul, we're in our mid-40s. Uh, we've been training a long time now. So it's, it's part of our lives. It's, it's who we are. And I think that's a good thing because if we slip up every so often, we're able to come back to it because our body has memory and, you know, we know what to do as far as, you know, remotivating ourselves. But now today, there's so many other different options. Now, as far as training goes, you were saying aerobic activity with weight training, with resistance training. I like to do um, kind of a combo. I like to move quickly between sets using a stopwatch, resting 45, well, 30 to 45 seconds, maybe a minute between sets and keeping that pace going throughout my workout and then either get on the treadmill and run or get on the bike. And I try to do my workout in about 45 minutes, high intensity, three, four times a week. Is that what you would suggest, something along those lines, that kind of intensity, get in, get out? Uh, Yes. Uh, That's one of the new, exciting new developments, one of the things that that I have written about in Take Charge, the new book. And that is the, the old idea, and it's still maybe the, the prevalent idea, is that strength training and aerobic training were two different things. If you did them both on the same day, that, that would 
it would, it would damper the effect of, of, of the strength training and the, and the endurance training. But now we have research showing that that strength training actually builds aerobic capacity, builds endurance. It builds organelles in the muscles, and actually all over the body, called mitochondria. Mm. And they're, they're able to, to show that weight training, the muscle added through weight training does have a density of mitochondria equal to the, the mitochondria density in the other part of the, of, of the body. And they've done testing where they have people do weight training and aerobic training in the same in the same workout and actually measure the effect. And one of the studies that I have in the book is they had people run, um, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes, a good run, and then they had them do six sets of leg, leg presses, very heavy leg presses at the end. And then they had another group that just did the running, another group that just did the leg presses. And of course, they expected the ones that did them individually to benefit the most, but it turned out it was the people that did it, did them both that benefited the most. And as a matter of fact, when the people that did it both were able to compress the time, the aerobic time in half, and compress the, the, the time spent on the strength training in half, and the results were still the same as if they'd done the long version of each one. Hmm. So they got more bang from the buck. They got the same results from the same amount of exercise, putting it together, shrinking each one in half. So that was rather a, a startling development that the scientists didn't expect to find, but they are finding, and there's a lot more things like that. So it... One of the themes of the new book is to do things that suit you, that fit your schedule, that are things that you enjoy. So allowing you to combine strength and aerobics, as you say you're doing, and apparently your, your brother Paul is doing, yes. that that's good. But if somebody wanted to just focus on weight training, that's what they really liked, they could just figure ways to make what make weight training have an endurance component too, maybe by doing more sets or somebody who wants to do just aerobic exercise, I, they, they, could, they could do things like, like high-intensity intervals and, and, and get, get an overall fitness effect either way. So take charge. The idea is to, is to evaluate what you like, evaluate your capacities, and, and, and design an exercise program that fits you. And I think that's perfect because... When you've been doing this for a long time, as long as you've been doing it, as long as I've been doing it, my brother, you know, you, you can reach a burnout. You have to change things up. Uh, I don't have the time, nor do I want to spend two hours in the gym six days a week like I did when I was younger, which turned out to be wrong because I've had to fight through injuries now over the years that have you know cropped up. Uh, you know, so I like the fact in your book, uh, Take Charge, Fitness at the Edge of Science, that you're, you're kind of giving almost permission for people to kind of chart their own path, but here are some guidelines to do it within, and I like that. To me, to me that helps a lot. I can find my own way, but I know there's, there's someone there who understands it and has given me some guidelines, and that's how I'm looking at your book. Now, getting into diet, uh, I like to keep a high-protein uh, medium carb but good carb type 
you know, carbs in my diet and I keep, you know, low fat as low as I can. Now, do you suggest a high protein diet? Is that something that you feel is still the way to go? No. Okay, there you go. That's fine. And of course, that's something you read in the in a lot of the fitness magazines, the bodybuilder magazines. There's a lot of protein supplements for sale. Of course, that's one of the big profit centers. But my experience is that you don't need protein supplements. What you need is a is a balanced diet of healthy foods, which would be a, a diet grounded on whole grains, fruits, vegetables. In their natural form, you don't want sugar added, you don't want sauce added, and if you're going to add these things, you should add them, add them yourself so you can control what's going on and control the calorie level and making it something that you enjoy. And then to that, you need to add high-quality protein with each meal. High-quality protein would be milk, eggs, yogurt, fish. Um, it, it's also beef. I don't need a lot of beef. I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of evidence that that's a bad idea. But the body can only absorb so much protein at a time. And most people skimp on protein with their breakfast. They eat a little more at lunch, and they try to get all of their protein in in their evening meal. That doesn't work very well because you you try to stuff all this protein down at the end of the day. And it just because the body can only utilize so much, the rest is to deposited as fat. Any excess calories that you eat from any source is going to be deposited as fat. So it's a good idea to have some high-quality protein. It's going to sound strange, but I have I have eggs and sardines with my breakfast. In fact, I've just written an article about that, which we're going to post to the website on May 1. Okay. Not a whole lot. One egg, uh, maybe a couple of ounces of sardines, and then I eat that as I'm preparing my breakfast cereal which is made of whole grains, fruits, and some vegetables, and skim milk. So it's very important to have this good, substantial breakfast because it, you don't start out the day being hungry. You want to start out the day on, with, your, with your blood sugar on an even keel, and you want to stay ahead of the hunger curve. That's one of the important things. And then the most very important development that's come along recently and something that you mentioned is is the importance of eating fish and the omega-3s in fish, which is an, um, is an essential fatty acid, but it wasn't discovered until the last few decades that that was needed. So uh, the, the main meat source that I have in my diet is, is fish, salmon, and sardines, herring, all of that. You, you want the fatty fish, which sounds wrong, but it's right because that fat and the fish is good. Um, so that people talked about a low-fat diet. The low-fat diet doesn't work as well. You need, you need some good fats to provide this omega-3, but also to, to keep you satisfied. You need, if you eat some, some fat in the meal, it stays in your stomach longer so you don't get hungry as soon as you, as you would otherwise if you're eating a... a a diet that, that doesn't have the necessary protein, doesn't have the necessary fat, you're, you're going to get hungry again sooner than you would otherwise. So I try to eat some good fat and some protein in every meal. And that's how I get the protein. I don't get it through protein supplements. And that's good. I, I, I guess I should rephrase how I said that about a high-protein diet, low-fat. Yeah, I have. I use eggs like you 
like you said, my brother does as well. We used to eat a lot of tuna fish uh, mixed in, believe it or not, with, with spaghetti uh, to get that kind of protein carb thing going when we had no money and we were younger. <laughs> Uh, even now, I use I do use a protein supplement. I do use oatmeal, uh, egg whites, uh, leafy vegetables, things along those lines. I'm not constantly consuming protein, but as far as the good fats go, and getting back to omega three fish oils in particular, you you would make as a supplement. Would you make omega three fish oils pretty much a cornerstone of that? On most things, it's better to eat it to get the nutrient to the the whole food than the fractional food. And there's some there's some evidence. In fact, I've just written an article about this that that the benefits of the fish are substantially better than the benefits of the fish oil. I don't think we know why. Mm. Uh, and somebody that just can't stand fish or is allergic to fish, the fish oil caps would be a would be a good option and probably should be used. But as a general rule, it's better to eat the fish than to take the fish oil capsule. Yeah, I try to... And yeah, most yeah. supplements are the same way. If you get, as I said before, mm. then you want to get the nutrients in the whole food because there's a lot of things there that the body needs that we probably don't know about yet. Yeah, that seems to be the thing. You just can't kind of take bits and pieces of what nature's given us and think it's going to work. We're going to take another break here. You are listening to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Clarence Bass. He is a attorney, fitness expert, fitness writer. His recent book that has just come out is Take Charge, Fitness at the Edge of Science. We'll be back in a few moments. Here are some important questions for our senior citizens. Are you over 62 and still making mortgage payments? Are you finding it more difficult to make ends meet on your fixed retirement income? Are you still looking for gold in your golden years? Well, maybe now is the time to finally start enjoying your retirement years. If you don't want to move from your home and you want to increase your monthly cash flow, then a home equity conversion mortgage may be the very best decision you can make. This is the home equity loan program for seniors that doesn't require monthly payments. Call now for a free equity checkup to see if you qualify for this federally regulated and insured program at 484-994-2826. That number again, 484-994-2826. For more information about dates and times for an upcoming educational seminar in Chester County. The end of an era is near. After 143 years, Webb Jewelers is closing forever. Stop in and say goodbye to Gail during her forever retirement sale. Everything in stock, rings, bracelets, pendants, chains, many in 14 karat or 18 karat gold, plus all watches, 30 to 60% off. Everything must go. To get the best selection, stop in soon because inventory is selling quickly. Purchase a gift that will provide memories of a lifetime of both Webb's and for your special someone. Webb's Jewelers is located at 117 West Gay Street in Uptown Westchester. Just come in the front door and follow the signs down the hall. Have questions? Give Gail a call at 610-696-0160. Now don't wait until it's too late. It's the sale that's been in the making since 1870. It's Webb Jewelers Store Retail. Retirement sale. Webs is the place where everybody knows your name. 
voices of shale energy. My name is Nathan Bennett. I'm a geologist and a regulatory supervisor working with the shale energy industry in Williamsport, PA. When I tell people that, they say, so you're the guy whose job it is to protect our water. Actually, in shale operations like the one around Williamsport, there are literally hundreds of trained professionals working to keep the process safe and the water protected. That means everything from encasing our wells in multiple layers of steel and cement to monitoring the water we use when drilling for oil and natural gas. As a proud fourth-generation Pennsylvanian, those are the sort of fact-based reassurances I know I'd want to hear. And as someone employed by the oil and natural gas industry, those are the answers I'm committed to sharing. The way I see it, my job to protect the water and the environment is simply too important not to get right. Learn more about Shale Energy at energyfromshale.org. Shale, the energy to do it right. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Looking for an affordable getaway that's close by and filled with fun? Discover Gettysburg this spring. You'll enjoy relaxing accommodations, a variety of dining and shopping options, winery tours, music and arts festivals, beautiful countryside, and so much more. Join us for the year-long commemoration of the 150th anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg. Take advantage of special 150th experience packages. Gettysburg. Go beyond the battlefield and plan your visit today at Gettysburg.travel. I'm Don Tollison from the Philadelphia Eagles, and you're listening to WCAG, 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County. Welcome back to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Clarence Bass. He is a attorney fitness expert, fitness writer. He has written the book, Take Charge, Fitness at the Edge of Science. His first book ever, going way back to 1980, was called Ripped. It is about his quest to have 2.4% body fat, an excellent read, led to a tremendous career in the fitness industry. And he's been taking all that knowledge and dispensing it quite unselfishly to the rest of us over the years, and it's been extremely helpful Clarence, we've got about five or six minutes left. We're going to have to cut a little early because we have the university football game today. Their spring game, and I kind of forgot about that, so I apologize. But kind of staying with what we were talking about, going through health and nutrition, uh, exercise itself, Clarence. I mean, it really can keep people going longer. It can push back genetic predispositions, can as far as high blood pressure goes or diabetes or things along those lines? Absolutely it does, and those things are detailed in the book. Um, One insight that I think is very important, and it, it probably surprises some people, but the kind of exercise that works best is the kind that you enjoy because, and also the one that you're going to continue doing, very few people are going to continue doing a form of exercise that they don't enjoy and also that they don't feel competent at. So you look for the kind of exercise that you enjoy and that you do well. And there's new developments in the weight training area, too, which make this more and more feasible. The idea used to be that in order to develop more strength and muscle, you had to keep lifting heavier and heavier weights. And the new research is that it's not how heavy the weight is, but the effort that you put into lifting the weight. 
so you can use a lighter weight. They've done studies where you're using 30% of your capacity and 90% of your capacity, and you can get the same results from the 90% or the 30% as long as you continue the set to the point where the last few repetitions are hard. So that gives you a much, much more a broader field, different ways that you can lift weights. And we're seeing the benefits of exercise actually in any form, but the specific benefits of aerobic exercise or strength training in terms of, of diabetes, um, in terms of blood pressure, just all kinds of things, and it, it's beneficial to your brain. People, you hear about people doing crossword puzzles and things to, to build their brain, to maintain their brain. The, the, the research indicates that exercise, aerobic and strength training, are the best way to build, keep the, the maximum number of, of, of uh, cells in your brain and to maintain this, the infrastructure that allows you to think and reason. And there's a whole chapter on that. I think that's, that's a very exciting things to people. They realize that they can maintain their brain function and improve it through exercise. And of course, you have to go ahead and use your brain for something. It's just like if you you, uh, you build a muscle fiber, but if you don't use it anymore, it's going to go away. So your brain cells are going to go away too if you don't use them. But the regular exercise and a good diet just have an effect on absolutely the whole body. So you have a longer lifespan and a longer health span where you're you're feeling good and doing exceedingly well until just the very end of your life. There's a good chapter about that, too. That's what I'm looking for. Clarence, we got about 35 seconds left, so I want to say thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing some of the secrets with us. I want my audience to go to Clarence's website and get Take Charge Fitness at the Edge of Science. Clarence, can you give us the website one more time, please? Cbass.com. Excellent. Clarence, I appreciate it. I look forward to talking with you again soon, and thank you from my brother and myself for all the help you've given us over the years, and you didn't even know it. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you both. I really appreciate being on your show. Thanks a lot, Clarence. I'll talk to you soon. Where am I?